0: Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. If you have some questions in the corners of your mind and traces of discouragement and peace you cannot find, reflections of the old past, they seem to face you every day There's one thing I know for sure. That Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Today we're going to begin a short series that will provide us a chance to listen in on the final conversations that Jesus has with his disciples. It was before his crucifixion, it was his swan song. And along the way, I hope that we'll be reminded that Jesus is the overcomer. I know you've been through a lot this year. I know you're weary and you're anxious. I know that there's a resurgence of COVID in Knox County. I know the elections wore you out I know the rioting, the polarization in our country. On top of all the personal things and the private issues and the problems that you have faced, maybe even the secret things hidden in your heart. Some of you are watching online because for a multitude of reasons you can't step back into this room yet. Almost everybody I see has a mask on. So for all you've been through in 2020, and whatever we face tomorrow, Jesus is the answer. I want to read for you a scripture with you that, that's going to be foundational for the next couple of weeks uh, with, this, with this series. It's in John chapter 16. It'll be familiar for some of you. I'm going to begin reading at the fifth verse. I'm going to read through the 15th verse, and then I'm going to jump to the 33rd verse. Let's read it together. It says this, But now I'm going to him who sent me, is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. big idea for today's message is that Jesus has left us the holy spirit because we will face obstacles don't be surprised don't be caught off guard don't be like I have been and maybe some of you have been at moments full of self-pity or wondering why <laughs> he told us this is what to expect This is earth. (laughs) We're not there. We're not in heaven yet. Here's how I hope when we walk back out in just a little while, that we can apply this beginning today for this week. Because as believers, as those who are followers of Jesus, we can trust the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to speak to us, to reveal Jesus to us from the inside out. This Jesus who is so in you, if you are a follower of His, is also outside of you. He's working things for His glory and to His will. John 16 is this excerpt, uh, really, from a longer conversation Uh, that Jesus is having with his disciples. And we just get to peek in on that. Now, before this chapter, Jesus has explained that the Holy Spirit will come. And I know we're used to this language. Some of us who've been around church for a while, you think, oh, I've heard of the Holy Spirit. Well, they weren't quite up to speed on what that means. So in in chapter 14, um, he talked about that. And he tried to explain to them, I'm going away, but the Holy Spirit is going to come. And he used this beautiful picture, this, this image of a, of a vine and a branch in verse 15 to try to give them uh, this metaphor, this, this mental picture they could, they could go, oh, okay, so that's how it works. Because it's going to be different than Judaism. It's going to be different from religion or from any of the things that have happened before or the movements. This is brand new. And Jesus encourages his disciples in, in chapter 15. He says, Despite the fact that the world is going to, it already despises Jesus, it will def- despise his followers. There have been different seasons throughout church history, and there have been times that those of us who are in Christ, we have been in favor. When I first entered the ministry, and I just hit an anniversary from, from my ordination, I remember going to a clothing store because I had one suit. I'd been going to revival teams each weekend, which meant you went to a different place. So I could wear that one suit every, every weekend or borrow my roommate's sport coat um, because everybody wore suits back then. And, and that, that's what I did. So I went to this place. Anyway, they said, uh, somehow it was mentioned in conversation that I was going into ministry and that the reason I needed the suit was for speaking and, you know, preaching and that sort of thing. They said, oh, you're a minister, then you get a discount. I thought, a discount? And they said, well, yeah, we we give all ministers discounts. I've tried that recently. They charged me 10% more and then they called me a name. Now, it's just different. It's different seasons. And that's okay. Don't, don't be alarmed by that. Don't let that just throw you off when you're on campus, when, when you're in high school, when, when you're in your, your neighborhood, your job. Not everybody's going to look on favor at you it, with favor at you. And, and I want you to know, I, I'm, I'm not prophetic too much by nature, but this is going to intensify for a while you probably understand and you you feel that and you sense that. You can see which way the winds blow. So Jesus wants to encourage his disciples because they are about to enter a season of extreme persecution. So these are some of his final words to the people who loved him the most, who followed him and studied him more closely than anyone else ever did. Christ fades. We don't stand a chance in that alone. However, when we are filled with His righteousness, with His goodness, then we have all of the holiness of Christ in us. That's what the Holy Spirit convicts and brings to the table. And then thirdly, He convicts of the judgment of Satan. In verse 11, he is called the ruler of this world, and he is. And you have to expect that things aren't always going to go your, your way. In the world, nationally, in your personal life, in your relationships, with your health. God is in control, and God is Lord over all. But for this time, for this season, in this place, in this atmosphere, there is a way that Satan is the ruler of this world. But he will be, just as he has been defeated in your heart. He no longer is in dominion of the kingdom inside of you. One day, he will be subdued and ruined and expelled from the kingdom outside of you and around you. As I was looking at this this week, I I, kind of stumbled upon a verse that's detached but just sinks so beautifully with what we're thinking about. It's in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. And I I guess I've read this verse every day this week. I, I just love it. I even tried to roughly translate it. And I say roughly... Uh, because my Greek is a little rusty, uh, but I've kind of hammered out, I hope, the essence of what it means. And I just want to focus on one little phrase. Here's what the verse says. It says, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The phrase that's captured my imagination and my attention is, is to the uttermost. I don't use that a lot. You know, to the uttermost. Would you like more nachos? Yes, yes, to, to just fill it to the uttermost. You know, I just don't say that a lot. It's one word in the Greek language, and, and it denotes comprehensiveness or completeness it's like an exhaustive wholeness being able to go all the way there's only one other time in the entire New Testament that this phrase is used and it's in a completely different context it's in Luke chapter 13 11, and it was used in description uh, of a woman who could not stand up all the way. She had a physical disability for 18 years, and she couldn't stand to the uttermost. So that there's a physical picture. So what's the point of saying Christ saves to the uttermost, or he saves us all the way? One thing it does is it squeezes you out of the picture. There are no good works. There are no points you can build up. There is no card you can get checked. It's not about you. Jesus saves to the uttermost. And those of us who know even just a little bit of self-awareness of our own hearts, we get it, right? We, we understand that we are to the uttermost sinners, <laughs> So we don't need a halfway God. We need a to the uttermost Savior. So Jesus doesn't merely help us. He saves us. And he saves us all the way. To the uttermost. It means that God's forgiving, redeeming, restoring touch reaches in to that those darkest crevices of your soul those places we where we are the most ashamed the most of sin those are the places where Jesus loves us the most and he willingly goes into those places in you the very places you try to hide from him because you think he loves me, but oh, you don't know what I've done. I've heard that so many times in my ministry. I actually have said that myself. Oh, you don't know how dark that dark place is. And I don't think that's where God wants to go. I think, you know, and, and I heard early on, I heard that God hates sin and he can't look at sin. And I thought, oh, yes, he can. <laughs> and he did. And he does. He looks right at my sin and he comes into it to eradicate it with his own blood, with his own life, with his own presence. So please, don't try to hide that part of you from him. Expose that. Allow him there. He willingly goes there and his compassion he loves you there he loves you in those moments as much or more than ever or in any place in fact i think he he loves you there and i'm not trying to encourage you to sin well i'd really like more of the presence of the holy spirit so i think i'll sin because pastor said that's where he goes don't look for loopholes or try <laughs> to try, do what I do and think, oh, I think I can man- manipulate this around the way I want it. You know? That's not what this is about. But I think when you move into self-righteousness and you think God's going to like me a little better today because I acted like this, I talked like that, and you know I, I didn't embarrass myself too badly. So I think Jesus likes me a little better today than he did yesterday. No, he likes you the same every day. He loves you the same every day. And when you're at your worst, his love just explodes for you. His compassion is so powerfully there. Whatever is within, whatever is outside of you. On the days that you think, wow, I just don't know if God's in control. Some of you watching online, you think, I'm so lonesome. I'm so tired of being in this kitchen. I'm so tired of being in this house. I just want to go somewhere. Someone told me this week they just got in the car. And they said, and I just drove around then came back home. Said, I just had to get out and just see, is the lake still there? Are, are, you know, are the buildings, is everybody out there? Some of you are watching, you think, yes, that's how I feel. Some of you are frustrated in so many ways. I want you to know that's the place where Jesus comes into, to the uttermost, to the uttermost. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit in verse 14, that he will glorify me. To glorify means to reveal the true character of someone, manifesting the purpose of something in keeping with its nature. The Greek word doxazo, you know, we, get the, we get our word doxology. You know, there are other f- phrases we, we, we pull from this word. It means to think, to praise, to honor, to be clothed with splendor. To make something known, to reveal it. We glorify something. That's what the Holy Spirit does with Jesus in you. The term swan song is probably familiar to you. It's used to describe someone's final message or their act, you know, the the last song... Uh, when you're retiring from a position, or maybe you know those movies where someone's about to die and, and, and they say their last words and it's dramatic and something good. I know, I know when I pass away, I'm going to say something like close that door, or I'm going to say something. They're going to say, Well, what was his last word? His last words were, could you change the channel? I, I know it's going to be something not... So, if, if you happen to be there, just make something up for me, would you? Just something really good. He said, I don't know. Yeah, You understand. But usually, it's, it's something kind of sad. It's deeply felt. I, my grandson broke his arm last night, so I went over and said, watch whatever you want. We watched solo Star Wars, and one of the pilots dies. I see all the Star Wars people start nodding, and going, oh yeah, we, that episode is, and he, and he says something, and he, and, he, and, he, and he dies. It's sad, and it's deeply felt, and it's regarded as extremely important for the listeners to hear. This, this chapter, this section, we're, we're looking at, this is Jesus' swan song. He spent his final hours with the people who would be responsible for carrying this message to the world? These conversations could be considered. This is his swan song. We see how encouraging his words are. Now, if you don't know it's your swan song, you just say anything, right? My son lives in North Carolina and I send him far side cartoons. Does not in any, any, Far side cartoon fans here. Okay. I send him a couple, you know, one or two a day, and just, and I stopped because I thought, oh, he didn't want to, you know, he, he's probably not interested in it. I went a few days and he said, where's my cartoons? <laughs> he said, that's like my de stress right there. Jesus says, I don't have time to send you cartoons or to tell you a joke or anything frivolous. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. This is my swan song. And he left us these words of encouragement and direction, and love. Folks, we find security in knowing that Jesus' departure meant the coming of the Holy Spirit. We can trust his words when when he begins to explain all the roles that the Holy Spirit will fulfill. Jesus' words would bring us hope and courage when we face the problems and the difficulties in life that we will face and I don't have to convince you of that you know you can trust his words and you can fully depend on the Holy Spirit because don't cringe don't think I'm too cheesy But Jesus is the answer for the world today. And above Him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. I know you've got mountains that you think you cannot climb. I know that your skies have been dark. You think the sun won't shine. In case you don't know. The word of God is true. And everything he promised. I tell you, he will do it for you. Because Jesus is the answer for the world today, and above him there's no other, Jesus is the way.